Ahoy there, legendary listener. Welcome to another episode of the Halo Effect podcast. My name is Lauren Quellhurst, and this podcast journeys into the world of people from all walks of life. And through the power of communication, I aim to shine light on topics that will ultimately add value. It's designed to inspire, ignite, and uplift the speaker and listener through exposing the beauty that exists within the raw and the real. It's a wherever, whenever kind of podcast where you can find an episode to match your mood, the weather, or the company. If you or someone you know has a story that will add value, please get in touch and we'll aim to get them onto the podcast. So get ready for the value to come. Get set with your favorite tea or coffee for the run. And let's go. Let's dive deep, shine some light, and have some fun. And so the halo effect begins. Before we jump right into the episode today, I just want to check in to see whether you are living the life that you deserve and the life of your dreams. So what I'm super passionate about is kind of acknowledging where you've come from and guiding you with positive influence to where you want to go. And this reflects in all of the work that I do. So I don't just work one job. I don't just teach yoga. I also have other businesses where I'm recruiting other people like myself who have a really high energy and have this desire to want to connect to other souls from all sorts of areas. And this is also a means to be able to have passive income coming in from many different streams. So if that is something that you are interested in and want to know more about it, please reach out to me and you can get in contact with me via my phone number or my Instagram or my Facebook or email. And I've provided all of that in the show notes and you'll be able to find me. So I really, really look forward to hearing from you, connecting with you and potentially even working with you. Let's do this. Yeah, it's the proper the proper collagen hot chocolate style, so it's where it's at. Yeah, I know. They taste so good. I wish I was there. <laughs> this is so classic me. It's like come onto someone else's podcast and interviews you. So uh <laughs> <laughs> So um did you did you have any kind of intro into it or did you want me to kind of just take off with um talking about the whole week and giving that little bit of a preface yeah I think I'll just give a bit of a background behind it so um essentially and this is something I was actually saying to Josh on one of the walk slash runs we did I think it was like the last must have been the last one we started at 5 a.m on Sunday morning and basically I saw a friend of mine share a snippet of David Goggins on Facebook which it was off that fearless motivation um clip that i sent you guys and we watched it together so it was a short snippet of that and i went oh that's something i should send to you guys to take a look at so i went to youtube found the link sent it to you guys then i went to yours that night we all watched it together and then josh was like you know we should do that and i was like hell yeah you know that'd be cool then we came up with the idea and a week and a half later we're actually doing it so if it wasn't for that friend of mine sharing that on facebook this would probably never have even happened um, and it was cool to think of that in the moment on our very last walk slash run at, at mm. 5am going like, yeah, we're here because of someone, you know, like I'd logged into Facebook at that time and saw him share it and stuff. So, um, and then I guess the general gist of what we did um, across the space of the hell week, which most people would have seen if you logged on to the live and stuff. And I know Billy's just joined, so he's probably going to, um, you know, talk shit or whatever but probably um, request to come online <laughs> <laughs> um yeah basically the general rundown of the hell week was we wanted to do the david goggins four by four by 48 challenge within that which is four miles every four hours 48 hours um so basically that's like 6.4 kilometers we ended up running a little bit further than that on most of them they were probably close to 6.6 if not further so i think all in all we did 
over two marathons of actual running, um, more so walking towards the end because we were so cooked. But um, that was, I guess, the bulk of what we did. And then in between then we were doing log carries and, you know, sitting in the water, doing little circuits of push-ups, crunches, pull-ups, those sort of things. So that's gen just the general basis of what our hell week was for those that don't know what we did. Um, just to back it up there a little bit, Tom, for people who are watching or listening um, later, I just thought it would be interesting that you said Hell Week because I feel like there was a week of hell before Hell Weekend. So the moment that you decided this task, like you said, there was that moment of, okay, it was very random and like, you know, you, you hit that point of motivation or inspiration that your friend had shared something and then you put like a bunch of four of us together and we masterminded and came up with this idea and really turned it from words into action. And then I remember watching you and Josh, uh, Josh throughout the week and observing the multitude of emotions that went through. I think, I feel like you were more honest with, uh, or probably had a lot more reservation about it. Whereas I feel like you know, Josh was like, not nah, like we're doing it. Whereas I feel like if I said, nah, like, let's not, you'd be like, okay, cool. <laughs> Done out. And would you like to talk about that process of the moment of decision and, and what actually went through your mind and your body and, and all of that? Yeah. So similar to other sort of ultra endurance events that I've done in the past, to begin with, I'm all in. I'm like, fuck yeah, let's do it. You know, this is going to be a walk in the park. Like, mm -hmm. you know, I'm all excited. And then you start to rationalise things and you start to go, all right, how is this logistically going to work out? Am I going to get injured? Can I actually finish? And you start to, the, just the questions start to come. And that's where most people will quit. That's where most people will say they're going to do it and they don't. But I'm someone, if I say it, I'm doing it. And that's why Josh said, you know, let's post it on social media like the next day to say that we're doing it because then, we've got people to hold us accountable. And if we didn't do it, they'd be like, oh, so when are you doing that hell week thing that you were talking about, you know? Right. So that's the day after I started to, especially when we went down to the beach and went for a walk and I was just thinking like, far out, this is going to be one hell of a challenge. Um, and there were some times sort of probably a week out where I was getting a little bit nervous and thinking like, you know, how am I even going to do this? But to be honest, closer like closer to the day, I think I got more confident. I don't know if it actually was confidence. I think it was nerves that I was choosing to view as excitement and confidence. Mm. But I, because I was so excited, I just wanted to get out there and do it. And I knew from, you know, the get-go that I was going to be able to do it, excluding, you know, injuries that would prevent me. And I feel like I could do anything excluding an injury that would physically prevent me from doing something like I honestly feel like you know if someone said to me you know it's like in three minutes start a triathlon like an Ironman or something like that you know if I had all the gear I'm sure I'd be able to do it it would be very slow mm -hmm. but uh, I'd back myself in to be able to do it mentally because I know I can push through and that's what I mean like you know ex excluding an injury that's physically going to stop me from actually doing it I feel mm. like I can do anything so the closer I got the more confident and more excited I got which for a lot of people it probably goes the other way they're all excited at the start and they get closer and they start to doubt themselves more but um for me I just wanted to just wanted to get out there and do it and I was just yeah I was excited and like knowing you a little bit more um as we've all gotten to know you over time someone who likes having a plan and having a structure and I know that I hid this, the schedule from you but having the do you think that having a lack of schedule was in a way better in hindsight or would you you know do you think you would have responded differently if at the beginning of the week you had a set out plan of what it was all going to be about how do you think you would prepare mentally for that I think I like to I like to know what I'm going to be doing so that I can mentally prepare for it. Um, I know others are probably in a different situation where you know they just want to kind of be thrust into the situation, and mm -hmm. to an extent, you know that works as well. But for me, it's like you know I I want to hear the bad news kind of thing. I I want to know what it is so I can find a way to adapt and pivot on the spot and go like, all right, this is I know this is going to be shit, but 
like I know I can do it versus so say for example um you know what we had written down on the schedule the three hours of sitting in the water mm. which we didn't end up doing because we were like we will literally get hypothermia and die but um you know something like that I would much rather know beforehand so that I can go actually let me do my research on this to see if I'm actually going to die or whether it like mm. you know is this actually possible and then to actually know in my brain okay this is going to happen at this time you know i need to figure out a mental state in which i can go into to go through that whereas if you said in the moment you're going to sit in the water for three hours i'd be like uh no i'm not the kind of thing mm-hmm. so for me i would rather know it in the moment so that i can mentally prepare regardless of how easy or difficult it is i would much rather know what it is um, but at the same time, the spontaneity of you guys saying, you know, get down and give me 10 burpees or, you know, jump in the water and then finish your run and stuff like that. You know, I love that kind of stuff too, to sort of break it up. And it is the more unexpected element of it, but it's not as severe in its consequence. But I think that stuff is really good. I wouldn't want that stuff to necessarily be planned. Um, mm. I like the spontaneity of that um, sort of stuff. But in terms of the actual structure of things, I'm someone that, would perform better knowing what is going to come. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's really the whole opposite of the intention of Hell Week is that you get told and it's the lack of control and it's the lack of control through, you know, you not being the one telling them what to do, but then also through being like extremely tired, extremely like physically, mentally, emotionally tired, um, which is like, it's a really interesting thing. But I know that because Sarah and I, you know, aren't trained trainers or anything like that, that there's that element of of wanting to know or looking into things and and that's totally fine. But I also have, um, I got an email today, which I'll share with you um, with some more things. Oh, I think they might've dropped out. We good? There we go, you're back. Um, yeah. yeah, just with some more things that we could include into the hell weeks that hell weekends that we, we do moving forward, which I think you and Josh will really like. Um, so that's yeah. cool. Um, and it, and it's things that you probably will not think of, like it, it won't even cross your mind. I'm like, oh damn, that would have been so cool. So I'd actually be almost interested in doing it again with that, with you and Josh doing it with. Um, Sarah and I putting together a, a schedule yeah. or like I'm happy to put through so that. you want us to go through it again yeah I, I actually would love for you to go through <laughs> the hell weekend again but it's going to be a differently structured thing of and I think you know it's really important to practice what you preach there's you need to practice things enough times to know all of the emotions that your potential clients and people coming on this um this weekend or this course that'll be rough yeah yeah but um yeah we'll talk to josh and we'll see uh what he says but also i've got a date in mind no i'm kidding (laughs) but also next weekend (laughs) um yeah well i think even um what we're speaking about just before in regards to um the certainty behind the structure i think the thing that got me through towards the end was knowing every four hours we were going on a four mile run and that was something to look forward to, you know, look at my watch and go, right, we've got an hour and a half, you know, we might be doing the little circuit with the push-ups and crunches and just be going, you know, this is shit, I'm hating it, but in an hour and a half I get to go on a run. And that was probably, to, to be honest, the hardest part of everything was because we were so broken, we were so sore, it was literally taking us like towards the back end almost two hours to go 6.4 kilometres. Mm-hmm. Um, that was really, really difficult to complete, but mentally that was relief because we just know okay you know now it's just one foot in front of the other we know what's coming next it's you know sand it's another step in front of us whereas when it's you know in between there we've got two hours of you guys just giving us random shit it's kind of time doesn't go as quickly you look at your watch and be like man 15 minutes is gone whereas if you're on your walk you know, time actually went pretty quickly despite that being the most painful part and it was something to look forward to, again, despite being the most painful part. Yeah, I, I love how you worded that and, like, that just made me think of the very beginning of, like, starting on the Friday, getting down to the beach and I remember looking at the clock and it was 15 minutes in thinking, holy shit, I don't know what we've all got ourselves into 
So I would love to know what was going through your mind as we transitioned from the week to like it's nine o'clock and we're starting now and we're in it. Yeah, I I love that just the starting gun basically like you know I'm just off the mentality that you know to put it simply let's fucking do this shit essentially Mm -hmm. Um, and you know I love that part of when I've done the marathon and they you know the gun goes off with a whistle to be honest I can't even remember what they did I think it was literally just go kind of thing but I love that moment of transition to like you're waiting and then it's like you're into it and it's just for me it's a mindset switch it's like right Mm. game time kind of thing and I just stay in that state and try and keep myself in that state for as long as I possibly can so for me the first few hours actually went really really quickly because Mm. all I was just focusing on was just the tunnel vision of you know what's my task what am I doing you know block out everything else don't look at the watch and go shit only 15 minutes have gone by I've still got you know, 47 hours and 45 minutes. It was just, mm. you know, what's the next thing? Let's get over that hurdle, get over the next hurdle. Um, towards, uh, to be honest, I think the hardest part was like getting to the 12-hour point and going, holy shit, we've done all this much and it's only a quarter of the way there. Mm. And then getting halfway as well and going, holy shit, we're only halfway there. Um, those were the hardest parts because that's when I was looking at my watch going like, yeah, I took myself out of that state, that game time state of going, you know, let's do this. I was like out of it and going, okay, this is actually going to be quite difficult. But, yeah, um, yeah I think it's as soon as it came round for nine o'clock and Josh and I just started running, I was just like, you know, this is it. We're in it. No backing out now. And so for mindset, I know that that's something easier for you to step into, right? Like, and I know separately mindset and physiology can be really like focused in on and you work so much with trying to mesh the two but do you remember the point where um where maybe there was that that moment of like such physical intensity that it over overrode your mindset staying strong and then vice versa like your mindset strong and then your body just feeling so weak and depleted and like how that how that interplay really affected you over the the coming the coming week or the last weekend, not the coming weekend. Yeah, I think mindset wise, I was strong throughout. There wasn't really a point where I doubted if I would be able to complete it or do it. Other than when we were in the water and I was literally shaking and shivering after two minutes, I was thinking if we have to do this multiple times for long periods at a time I'm going to struggle mm-hmm. but other than that I just kept saying to myself as painful as it was my thing that I came up with on the spot was you know like fuck yeah was the thing I just kept saying to myself so whenever you guys would be like you know get down you know give us 10 burpees just after we come out of the water and thrown sand on our face and things like that I'd say to myself fuck yeah like that was the thing that sort of got me just got the juices flowing in that I it was just like you know I love this shit and I would just tell myself that even if it wasn't necessarily true, I'd tell myself that or I'd sing songs to myself like, you know, I was walking around like high-fiving the bushes like they were fans and stuff like that as you saw and like, you know, I kept walking around going like, going like that basically going just, you know, like bring it on, bring it on, you know, give me all you've got kind of thing. So just playing the, the false bravado, the false ego, even though it wasn't really there, just pretty much acting like a big dog and acting like, you know, nothing can hurt me was the the part of the mindset that really got me through. Even when the body was breaking down, I was just like, you know, I just kept saying to Josh, no one's out here doing this shit, bro. Like, we've got this. We are the kings. We are the greatest. Like, no one else is out here doing this. We are the people doing it. Mm-hmm. We're making shit happen. So as soon as I got into that mindset, um, it was like – there was just so much certainty that we were going to do it with ease. To be honest, at the start, Josh was the one that was saying most of that within the first few hours, and I was kind of a bit more receptive to it. I found at the start I was kind of more like thriving off his energy just because I didn't really know how to act. Uh, But towards the back end, that's when I, especially once we started getting close, I started to get really pumped. I was like, yeah, you know, we're doing this shit. This is, we're making this happen. So I always find at the start I kind of like to, 
just like kind of scope my surroundings and scope the vibe out a little bit, just, you know, be receptive to everything to start. Mm. Um, and then once I kind of get into that groove and find what is actually going to work for me, what state will work, then I just go all in on that state particularly. Yeah, I, I love that you um have the insight to be able to observe yourself in that moment because it's like it was cool to observe you um mimic Josh in in certain areas but it wasn't like you were trying to be him but it's I think something about Josh and his approach is like has that inner calmness or he doesn't have to say a lot and he doesn't have to be loud but it's like showing how that can be that leadership quality and then seeing how that yeah did transfer over to you and it's like you know there doesn't always have to be that fuck yeah moment or fuck yeah you know, it's like actually just getting in, in your zone or um, being quiet or, or whatever it is. So was there points, though, when you weren't in the, like, fuck yes yeah state that you were just like, life is shit? Like, did you go into any of those states and did you give that pain of voice, even if you didn't verbalise it to us? Um, I think there were plenty of times where, I was in a lot of physical pain. Like there were points where, you know, I was I was cramping quite badly and just struggling in that regard. Um, there were times where, like, it was just so damn painful to walk on, uh, just because of my knees, my hips, and even today I'm still in quite a lot of pain. But like, and the arch of my foot and stuff, it was just just constant agony. Um, but at the same time. I know that I can get through that. I know I've been through that in the past. So that wasn't so much of an issue. The only thing that ever concerns me is injury. And I always just worry about doing something serious. But, you know, in the spirit of the moment, I'm just kind of like, oh, fuck it. You know, if, if I tear an ACL, I tear an ACL, like it's worth it kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I don't want to do that. So I think that's kind of, you know, the thoughts that come to mind. But at the same time, I'm... I was just always so confident that we could get it done. And even, you know, just the self-talk is, I found it to be quite big, bigger than what I thought it would be. Yeah. Um, there were definitely times where I was kind of, I went into more of a state where, you know, the pain was talking to me a lot more and I wasn't as, I, I would say I wasn't as pumped up when I was saying like, the, you know, the fuck yeah's or like high-fiving the imaginary crowd walking around like I was rapping and stuff like that. But there were times where I just needed to, I think I needed that voice to be there and I needed to sort of dance with it a little bit rather mm. than trying to override it through false bravado. I kind of needed to go to that place and just dance with it and just be like, you know what, you know, you're here. I, I feel your presence. You know, I'll let you be there, but you're not going to win the day. And, you know, there were times where I just wouldn't speak much. Like there were walks where Josh and I would literally, you know, in an hour and a half, we'd probably speak two or three times because I think we both just needed to go so internally and just, you know, tunnel vision ourselves and just focus on focus on the next step, focus on our pain, but focus in a way that isn't going to let it override ourselves. Um, so there were definitely times where I was complaining about, you know, Josh would be like, oh, fuck, like the shape of my balls. And I'd be like, man, you know, the arch of my foot's killing me and just things like that. And even... Even the tiredness, like those 5am walks were by far the hardest because we were both trying to stay awake while we were walking. We were so close to just literally, you know, we, we both sat down at one point, nodded off for a few seconds, then said, all right, we've got to keep walking, otherwise we will fall asleep here. So I think they were definitely the hardest parts um, in that aspect. But, um, yeah, to answer your question, there were times where I did need to give my pain a voice, I think, um, but there were other times where, you know, as soon as I felt myself start to come out of that state and have a little bit more energy, that's when I got back into the like, you know, I'm going to ride this shit now. I'm going to really go hard on the high energy states and try and just obliterate it altogether. And your incentives, like something that you did voice was like you both really looked forward to the meals that were coming. And I don't know if that is something that kind of propelled you through each of your little stages of um six-hour bursts or whatnot yeah yeah definitely I think having something to look forward to was crucial like even I mentioned um you know having the the next run to to go on as something to look forward to because it's 
it's the certainty. Like I, I knew that was the most painful thing, but I knew how it was going to feel. Okay. So, you know, I, like despite the fact that it was the most painful part, it was something to look forward to every four hours. I knew that we were going to be doing another 6.4 kilometres mm. or four miles. So, um, and even, you know, looking forward to, for example, like you know, just the, I kept saying to Josh, bro, like the, how good's the warm shower after this going to feel? Or, you know, how good's, you know, the sleep going to be? And, you know, being able to like, you know, hug you guys afterwards and just, you know, go and grab a coffee and just chill. Mm. Um, you know, those were the things that we were looking forward to the most by far. So I think having something to look forward to to sort of take you out of the present um, was, yeah, that's something I had to do to get through. I think there's also that other side of me that feels like why I want you guys to do it again is because of the feminine energy that was brought into it. And while I feel like we did a fairly okay job at the beginning of it, um, there was definitely... I know there was a lax on the the harshness and then also a lax on being able to step into that control figure and, and taking that away from you. And because you're saying, you know, the consistency and knowing what you're getting out of the run, it's like that's all that's making me think like we didn't make it hard enough for you. Because sleep, sleep is gonna be sleep deprivation and whatever it is for 48 hours, hard in any situation. But giving you moments that you knew when things were coming probably actually made it easier in a sense um like you said of like being able to mentally prepare okay for this 6.4k run I'm going to be doing this I'm not saying like physically easy um but also just kind of when you don't even get to grab onto any of that certainty I would really be curious to see how um you both respond but then as well, like I was yeah. saying, like the feminine energy too of like all we wanted to do was just like hug you guys and while we could step into a masculine energy, it was like you just kind of know how the other one's feeling and it's like I think for me personally that I'd probably need that like separation from it. I'm not sure about yeah. you, but yeah. It's a, good, it's a good point you make actually because – you know, we were doing the maths in our head and basically going, all right, you know, we've got to run this time, we've got a meal at this time, you know, we can do this at this time. And, like, we, we started to chunk it down and make it easier for ourselves in that sense. You know, like I said, the, the walks and the runs were the hardest parts by far. Yeah. But because we knew we could mentally prepare for them, they became easier. Like, physically, yeah. they were the most challenging. Like, the little circuits we were doing with the pull-ups, the push-ups, and, you know, the crunches and all that stuff, like, Physically, that wasn't as hard, but mentally it was probably harder just because it was the repetitive motion over and over and over again and just the boredom of it was actually quite difficult. Um, But like I said, physically the walks and the runs were the hardest, but we could mentally prepare because we knew what the pain was going to be like. We'd just done one four hours previously um, and we, like I said, we could chunk it down and be like, all right, we got, you know, we've only got three left, bro, like, you know, three more walks left and then we're completely done. So I think if it was 48 hours of just complete randomness, Mm. that would be a lot harder mentally because you're like, you don't know what's next. You don't know when you're finishing this current task. You can't go, all right, you know, 20 minutes left. Let's just dig deep for 20 minutes and then we'll get a rest or something. Yeah, yeah, that'd be quite interesting. But, yeah, let's um, let's, let's give it a few months before we do another one, please. For sure. So in New Zealand? um... bit too much um yeah and so like another point that you were bringing up there with observing josh or being with josh i know that you two get along super well um and teamwork was something that was a big point that was made in a lot of the videos that were watched and you know even spoken about throughout the week so i'm i'm curious whether you'd like to do it with a bigger group of people or whether you found that 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 setting with two people that work quite well together was was a good situation just for like the viewers and the listeners if they're thinking about doing this we're probably going to have bigger peeps uh bigger groups of people but you may not like everyone not everybody's going to have that same energy and some people aren't going to be as good in one area as the other so I'm yeah curious about what your thoughts are on that 
yeah, I think I really enjoyed doing it with Josh one-on-one because, you know, I love him for who he is and that kind of thing. So it helped us to build a stronger bond together. Um, so that was really, that was a really awesome thing to be able to do that with him uh, just one-on-one. Having said that, I feel like it would be much easier in a big group because you've got the energy of the group. You've got, you know, especially with if you're with a group of a whole heap of alpha males or something like that, you're all just charging together, you know, come on, boys, we got this shit, you know, everyone's, you know, charging for one. So uh, I think that would be, I think that would definitely be easier because you've got that group mentality. It's like no one's, you know, letting each other down. Everyone's helping each other out. We're all in this together. Um, it's probably harder when you're with one-on-one because if one person lacks, then the other's going to lack. Or, you know, if one guy goes, oh, you know, bro, should we just should we quit or whatever, the other one's more inclined to do that. Whereas with, mm-hmm. if you're in a group and one person says it, all of a sudden you're the outcast and they're not letting you do that. So um, not that that happened between Josh and I, but, you know, like, I think in a bigger group environment, it would be a lot easier because you've got more people to thrive off. We've really, really had to create our own energy and create our own accountability with each other to make sure that we didn't just say, oh, bro, you know, stuff, let's go home kind of thing. Like, we had to say, no, nah, we're doing this and be really strict on that, which I think was cool. And it's definitely built a stronger relationship and a stronger bond between Josh and I, which I'm very grateful for. But also the same with um, you and Sarah as well. Like, I think just having the small group of the four of us was really awesome for all of us to get closer. Um, but, yeah, with the group, it would also be a pretty cool thing to do it with, you know, maybe 20 other guys, everyone shouting and marching and, mm. you know, just really displaying that masculine energy would be pretty cool it would be awesome I think that that might kind of be how I'd like to structure it moving forward I'd love to be a part of the process and like filming and documenting but not actually having a part in the um the exchange of energy in a way I found it um maybe it's it maybe it's that personal connection with both you and Josh too of like oh it's weird um but sorry I'm just eating dinner (laughs) Um, so what I wanted to point to as well was you came into this with no training, like, um, mentally, yeah, like all of the personal development stuff, but like physically, I know you're fit and you're well and all of that kind of stuff. But you mentioned that this is the kind of thing that people train for like 18 months for, or like they train for this, they prepare themselves for this. Like, what do you think? with your background, like with both you and Josh of like really, really solid in a um, personal development mindset game um, and some level of physical fitness, but for other people who are coming in with various levels of background, like what would be a prerequisite for people even thinking about coming on something like this with you guys? Yeah, it's a good point you make actually. And that's one of the reasons that I think It would be a good challenge for a lot of people and that's why I want to have a bell for people to ring for the next one where they can quit Mm -hmm. because there's a lot of people, like Josh and I knew we were going to do it. We had, you know, beyond shadow of a doubt, knew that we could do it. And, you know, I, at this point in time, I like don't think that if I was to go to a Navy SEAL Hell Week, I don't think I could do it, but I know 100% if I was to train for it and condition myself for it, that I could do it. So... I have that certainty because of the work I've done in the physical space and in the personal development space. But for someone that's done that of that and they were to do something like this, I really, really think they would struggle because they don't have the certainty. And to be honest, I think that's the whole point of it is that, you know, you can do the work, you can go and do the physical training and you can do the personal development stuff. And if you do, then you will be able to complete it. But there's plenty of people out there that just, you know, talk a big game and don't want to put in the work. This is where something like the Hell Weekend is awesome because I want to break those people. Mm-hmm. Like, as mean as it sounds, I want to show you guys that you're not as tough as what you think you are. And I want to see you ring that bell. Not for my own personal gratification of, like, ha-ha, like, I broke you. More mm-hmm. so so you can, you know, introspectively see in yourself and be like, you know, okay, I'm not actually as tough as what I thought I was in, you know, in an environment where you're not really being judged for quitting to an extent because it is fucking hard. Yeah. You know, learn from that experience, go away and realize what you need to do to actually become stronger. So I wouldn't say there's prerequisites because I want everyone 
for anyone and everyone to do this because I want people to see where their breaking point is at. And if your breaking point is very early on, then you, you seriously have some work to do. But like I said, for me, I knew I was going to do it beyond shadow of a doubt. There was no question that it was going to be completed, excluding serious injury or anything like that. Mm. Um, so prerequisite-wise, if you do want to prepare for it, just read books on personal development. Um, Training-wise, it's hard to train for, to be honest. Mm. Um, you probably need to just do a mix of weights and cardio um, and do a lot of it to condition your body. But at the same time, um, I wouldn't say there's any necessary prerequisites. I just think, um, yeah, if you have an ego that needs kicking to the curb, then that's probably the biggest prerequisite. It's interesting that you say, like, bringing people in to, to show them that they're not tough because, like, I think of it on that contrasting side playing the devil's advocate in a way of the people that don't think they could do something like that, showing them how tough they actually are. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, 100%. yeah. And I love that. Um, yeah, I think I look at it from the standpoint of, you know, especially working in the industry. I mean, I see a lot of big dudes that talk a big game and, you know, they're very good at what they do. They're very good at taking stories. They're very good at building big muscles, you know. But can they run around a block? You know, can they actually go 48 hours without sleep? Can they do all of these things that, you know, are actually tough? Like, just because you've got big muscles doesn't mean you're tough necessarily. I know that's very much a, you know, subjective way of looking at it. But at the same time, you know, I'd love for those people that, are all macho and, you know, act like they can do anything to put them through this and then say like, all right, you know, let's see how mentally tough you actually are. You might have big muscles and you might be able to squat and bench a shitload of weight, but can you actually push your mind to places it's never been? Mm. I feel like you have a few people in mind, Tom, that you want to put this out to. Or more stereotypes, to be honest. I don't actually have anyone particularly in mind, but just, I mean, I'm stereotyping a lot. Not everyone's on steroids and all that shit, but, like, you know, I'm just talking about, yeah, stereotypical industries and stuff that I'm in. It's just, um, mm. I know there's a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of sort of fakers and people out there that just sort of, you know, just post the highlight reel kind of stuff on Instagram and that sort of stuff, and I'd love to just, you know, bring these people back to reality and say, like, you know, you talk a good game, you show your highlights, you post your highlights, but, you know, let's post a real highlight of you actually finishing this shit and proving to yourself how mentally tough you actually are. Or, on the contrary, you know, tapping out at the first hour and then be like, okay, I actually have some work to do. I've got to stop just pretending my life is a highlight reel and actually get down and dirty and do the work. And, like, speaking of highlights, like, something that I thought about this and like when I've thought about really big accomplishments in my life getting through it it's like you get to the end and you realize that the end wasn't the highlight it was everything in between and I just would love to know what went through your mind finishing it whether it felt just like okay like I'm done now and where your mind went back to from completing it whether it went back to like the Friday that we started or whether it was like, oh, yeah, we get to get coffee and hang out. Like, what was the actual highlight for you? Yeah, I think I felt a lot better at the end than I have in previous events. So to put it in perspective, after I'd done a marathon in 2019 and then last year um, doing the Jacob's Ladder on New Year's Eve, after both of those, I was just like, I actually felt down and I was kind of like, what's mm. next? But for both of those, the highlight for me was actually in training, preparing for that, you know, mm. visualising the day I actually completed. For this one, the highlight definitely was finishing just mm. because it was such a long, gruelling event, you know, just at the end being able to sit down and have a cookie and a coffee with you guys and just being able to, you know, hug you guys and embrace you all and just be like, you know, it's, it's finished kind of thing was just amazing. Mm. Um, but looking back on it, I just I really, really enjoyed the long, cold, you know, painful walks on the beach with Josh at like, you know, so we had some starting at 9pm, 1pm, 5am, no, sorry, 1am, 5am. Um, I really, really enjoyed those as hard as they were and as much as they sucked in the moment. There was just something about the fact that it was just the two of us 
we're barely even talking to each other. We had you know two or three hoodies on. We were freezing. We we're in so much pain, but it was just one foot in front of the other, and it was just like, you know, because that was the hardest point. That's the part I took the most growth from, and that's the part where I proved to myself that I know I can't do anything. So yeah. I think that's the highlight more so than the other stuff. Um, and I look back at that with a lot of fondness, and just bit, you know, I'm just like, you know, that that was fucking hard. We were the only people out there doing that shit at that time. So. I think that's kind of inspiring in a sense as well to look back and be like, yeah, we're the only people doing that shit at that time. No one else in the world is doing that, or mm. at least, you know, that we know of. Um, and if they are, you know, give us a shout out because I want to beat you kind of thing. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I think it was just inspiring. And, yeah, in that moment, that was what I'd say was the highlight. Yeah, and because you'd expressed in that time as well, like it was that chance to really go internal. And I know that you love doing the work yourself but also like having that opportunity to go okay like what is going to get me through this and you know whether that's through what you're visualizing or what you're telling yourself it's like that chance to switch from I can speak to my pain or I can speak that voice or I can actually go hey like in this chance it's like walking towards whatever your future is and you know like that is really cool in itself and I know that it would have been hard with your body just feeling physically almost incapable at times um so yeah it's just yeah like how <laughs> don't be violent Tom of <laughs> um yeah just reading a comment yeah, we'll, we'll have to give Bill a shout out Bill's just trying to put me off my game and make me smile so yeah yeah thanks Bill we'll see you at the next hell weekend Bill um you know yeah Bill's doing it yeah sounds good we'll sign you up um and so in terms of like the whole process moving out after that, like in sleep, your body being super sleep deprived, getting those little bits of kip during um, when you ate, how did you actually just speak to the process afterwards of the day of a, uh, like after we went and got a coffee and a cookie and whether you felt like sleeping, how your body has recovered since and where you're at currently? being what is it two days later yeah yeah so I didn't actually want to go to sleep straight away and I think that was because my circadian rhythm kicked in because we finished in the morning so I was so tired during the night so as the sun came up I was pumped you know we've just finished you know it's done it's the relief and we went and got coffee and cookies you know for the metaphorical cookie jar and shit like mm -hmm. that so that was really really cool I just wanted to stay up and celebrate but I knew that my body wanted sleep um, but even still, you know, we only got a couple of hours of sleep um, and then we got up again and went and got some more food. I think for me, I just wanted to get as much food in as I can. I was super, super hungry, just wanted high-calorie foods. Yeah. Um, and then even that night, like, you know, we didn't go to bed till late anyway, so I didn't think I was actually that tired necessarily. Um, I'm feeling it now, though, to be honest. Mm. I think after last night, um, I didn't get home until probably – um around nine o'clock and then by the time I sort of got my shit together I didn't um get to sleep until maybe close to 10 and then I had a client really early this morning so when my alarm went off this morning I felt dead and even um earlier this afternoon I had a nap for about mm. maybe 45 minutes and since then I've just been super sleep deprived so mm -hmm. I know I'm gonna have a good sleep tonight but again I've got an early client tomorrow so mm -hmm. um, I'm literally probably gonna be in bed in the next half an hour to 45 minutes um but yeah I think I think my body's feeling it now mm -hmm. I think it wasn't as bad during the hell weekend other than like 4 or 5 a.m that's when it really hit me both days yeah so up until about 2 um 2 a.m it wasn't too bad it was more like that really early morning um after being up all night that's when it really hit me but as soon as the sun came up again i felt fine like i remember saying to i think it was either you or josh on the second day like i feel amazing and that was about 10 a.m after having you know maybe 20 minutes of sleep um in that little nap we had so yeah, yeah it was interesting to see how the circadian rhythm and how that came into play when the sun came up as soon as you get sunlight your skin again and sunlight your eyes can really really wake up so just proves to you how important it actually is to get sunlight on the day-to-day -day as well for people that are sleep deprived go for a walk in the sun and you'll notice that you wake up a lot more so um yeah sleep's been 
interesting since then, but I'm sure I'm going to get a lot of REM and deep sleep tonight, but I'm not wearing my whoop anymore, so I won't actually know how much I'm getting. But, yeah, I know that, um, yeah, it's it's probably – I felt worse the last few days after, yeah. It was probably the instance, instant lack of sleep wasn't as bad as what it is two days later. Mm, yeah. It's it's almost like that um the false confidence is in a way, isn't it? Of like, oh, it's all good, it's all good, and you're like, eh, okay, yeah. my body is actually like because your body is essentially like when you're sleep deprived, it also shows that you know there's similar linkings to when people have had like lots of alcohol and stuff like that. So it's almost like that detox process of yeah, totally. Um, like genuinely felt the exact same as a hangover yeah gross but at the same time it's like it'd be so interesting to look at what the the body processes are, are actually doing in that time um because there's that side of you know yeah. being awake with the circadian rhythm and like the natural sunlight and um and nighttime there's that health element to it but then when you're not sleeping and things aren't metabolizing um there yeah surely that gets to a point where it's not good so yeah it would just be it'll be curious to check in with you to see how the rest of your week goes when you're like when your body feels like it's caught up with like that deep restorative yeah. sleep because then your body will start healing and then you'll start feeling you know less sore in the hips and and other areas yeah, I'm not doing any exercise this week. I've told myself that. And even I've got clients early early every morning this week except for Saturday. So I think Saturday I might even try and sleep in a bit. But I've still got some clients early-ish Saturday and I want to get to the farmer's market too. So yeah. um, I'll probably have to be up early again. So I don't know, maybe we can sleep in on Sunday or something like that. Sounds like a plan. Yeah, Sunday chills. I think I might have some podcast recordings, but... Um, I'll have to check in with that, which will be cool. And did I'll you? Sleep in then. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> did you have any other messages that you wanted to give to people who are thinking about this, who have thought about this, who have done this, or just a general message to the people who watch or listen? Yeah, I think. The reason I do this shit is to strengthen my mind. So mm. for me, I've taken a lot of value from doing things like this because I know that I literally can do anything. Like if someone mm. asked me to do something, regardless of what I know, how difficult it will be, how strong I am in the present moment, I know that I can learn the skills, I can gain the knowledge, I can gain the experience, I can do whatever I need to do to actually do that thing. Or on the contrary, in you know really dark times when I might be feeling depressed or I'm feeling certain negative emotions, I know that I can overcome that because I've done harder things that have challenged me mentally um, even more so to an extent. So for anyone out there that actually wants to elevate your life in any area, now this is the shit you need to be doing because I can guarantee you the stronger your mind is, the stronger your life is. It's the stronger all aspects of your life are going to be regardless of whether it's health, relationships, business, whatever it is, doing things like this will strengthen everything and take it to complete new levels. So if you're someone that wants to go from baseline to, you know, baseline to going above average to striving to go above common standards and, you know, actually achieve a better life for yourself, this is the shit you need to be doing. Yes, it's hard, but it's only 48 hours. Or if you go and run a marathon, it's only four hours. Or if you do the Jacob's Ladder thing, that was just one day. So, you know, it's not actually like you have to do something for a whole year. It's literally a short period of time that teaches you that you can do things that you didn't actually think you could do. And that is by far the most empowering thing that you can do for yourself and your future is to prove that to yourself. Because personally, I feel invincible. I know that I, like I said, I know I can do anything. If someone asks me to do something, it will get done. It might not be immediately, but it will get done absolutely and definitely. So mm -hmm. that's a quote that I love. It's actually my wallpaper on my phone. So mm -hmm. that's, um, for me, biggest thing is just strengthening your mind is one of the most valuable skills you can ever have. I love that. And also, like David Goggins says as well, 
doing something to embrace the suck each day, like doing something that sucks. Like, because not all parts of life are like, woo, it's excitable. Sometimes things are just what have to be done and what get to be done, but they're not always the things that you want to be doing. So having those moments in your life where it's like, whether it's going for a run or whether it's doing a weight session, you might not want to do it, but thinking of the why behind what, like, yeah, the why behind you're doing it. And if it sucks, it's like, think of that as not only strengthening your body, but strengthening your breath, strengthening your mind. And yeah, I, Definitely. yeah, I think the mindset side of things are huge, but I love that that was your, that's your message to your viewers and your listeners. So, um, I will let this wrap up so you can get all cozy up in your bed and um, yeah, and to, to actually get that restorative sleep as well, because your body's going to be needing that. Um, for, yeah. yeah. Moving, moving forward. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks for the little chat and interview and everything. Yeah. It's been awesome. It's, it's fun to actually talk about it on a, like I know we spoke about it, directly after but it's cool to kind of go through that post hell weekend process to see um I guess your mental clarity now versus maybe being in it and forgetting a few things or like I literally don't know what I'm feeling or what just happened and I guess over the next yeah. few days like it'll be awesome to see you on the weekend too to check in um with yeah, what other things might have come up for you or what other thought processes that might have come through. So definitely be up for questioning you about that. Yeah, no, that'd be good. I'm sure, you know, we'll, we'll have an awesome chat in the weekend and probably come up with another business idea. <laughs> and I don't know. It, I'm looking forward to it. It'll be good fun. It will be. All right. Have a great night. Get some awesome deep sleep. Get some REM sleep. Have some wicked visualizations and dreams happening up in here. And I shall see you yeah. when I'm looking at you. You will. I'll see you soon. All right. Bye. See ya. You will. I'll see you. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Halo Effect podcast. I really enjoyed recording it and I truly hope that you feel lighter, more inspired and that it really has added value to you or maybe somebody that you shared it with. Keep tuning in and please subscribe, like and share this episode or the episode that you love the most on your social media page and tag me in it and I'll give you a shout out in the next episode. And if you're not on the social media train, that's cool. Just reach out to me via text or email and I'll get back to you there. The more feedback that you continue to give, the more value I can continue to give back to you. And with that, I'm signing out with oceans of love and light. Law. Thank you.